Hey, you're tuned in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. One thing that I found myself doing, I'm doing really probably more research on the podcast than actual sitting down and recording and doing the podcast. And we kind of enjoy both areas. We got episode show number 52 coming at you. I found some interesting uh, 52s at the top of the list would have to be Ray Lewis. You know, I remember asking my dad years and years ago after probably maybe two years into Ray Lewis's career, I'd asked my dad, who's the best linebacker in the NFL? And this was way before, you know, Ray Lewis's Atlanta troubles and before and after that. But this was way before that. Maybe he had been in the league a couple of years. I asked my dad, who's the best linebacker in the NFL? First name came right off, off, off his mind was Ray Lewis, number 52. This is episode show number 52 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Got some surprises at number 52. I did meet a guy named Donald Payne who played special teams for the Ravens and later the Jaguars, played at Stetson. I believe he was a safety in college and broke all kinds of tackle records in the NCAA when he played for, you know, a smaller college at Stetson. Donald Payne uh, played in the XFL uh, this past year. When he first, I think when he first got to Jacksonville, he wore number 52. He may have changed numbers a couple of years after he was originally with the Jaguars and he was kind of often on the roster. He was a safety in college and he kind of became a special teams tackler and actually was developing into being a linebacker. And he played in the XFL um, just a few weeks ago in the 2023 XFL season. Uh, Donald Payne, number 52, met the guy. And so it's always great when you meet somebody. And uh, he wore number 52. Ray Lewis, probably the best number 52. When I asked my dad who was the best linebacker in football, I think Ray had been in the league for maybe two years or so, and my dad said immediately Ray Lewis. And that was way before any of the Atlanta troubles or issues, which, you know, he got through. And that was an amazing period of time. Ray Lewis won, what did Ray win? Two Super Bowls, I believe just thinking off the top of my head, but we do a lot of research. To give you a for instance about the research, I found out a number, another number 52 that surprised me, Samuel Ray Graves. Do you know that name, Ray Graves? He was a coach at the University of Florida up until about 1969. His last game, he beat Doug Dickey in the Gator Bowl 14 to 13. Is It is the First football score I ever remember as a child. Back around late 1969, John Reeves playing as a sophomore, the super soft, John Reeves, Carlos Alvarez, and Tommy Durrance. It's really the year before I started following the Gators. I just remember the little the little wool football that we had around the house that had the score on it, Florida 14, Tennessee 13. And I believe that was in the late 1969 Gator Bowl, probably in the last couple of days of the year 1969. I bring Ray Graves up because Ray Graves wore number 52. He played college ball. Now, this is the interesting parallel. He played up in Tennessee. I believe he was from Tennessee. He played at Tennessee Wesley, and then he transferred, I believe, to play at Tennessee for the Volunteers. He later became the head coach at the University of Florida, and he 
picked a guy out of Tennessee to come play in Florida to play quarterback, and that was Steve Spurrier. That's why Ray Graves is so important to the University of Florida program, the history of sports as far as I'm concerned. But Samuel Ray Graves wore number 52 in college at Tennessee Wesleyan, and he was later at Tennessee. So he played at a couple of colleges. Um, What's interesting, he was also drafted in the NFL back when they had more rounds. He was drafted in the ninth round as a center for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, Ray Graves not. And that was, gosh, that was way back. That was before I was ever born. That was in the 1940s when he got drafted. Uh, looks like around 1942. So he played some college ball, played some professional football. Then he got into coaching. Coach the Gators, you know, primarily in the 1960s. Uh, then he became the athletic director. And Steve Spurrier became the coach later on. He was the quarterback, the Heisman Trophy winner. Let's see, Florida's had three Heisman Trophy winners, Steve Spurrier, uh, Danny Warple, and Tim Tebow. And, you know, Spurrier won the Heisman. He coached Danny Werfel. And, of course, Urban Meyer coached Tim Tebow. So Samuel Ray Graves, Ward number 52 at Tennessee Wesleyan. Then I believe he transferred to Tennessee. He wore number 52, was a center uh, in college, drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, lo and behold, in the ninth round, way back in the 1940s. How about that? Later became the University of Florida Gator coach. This is SEC football history, I'm telling you, right, with Ray Graves. And, um, you know, I do have some info on Ray Graves that we'll talk about. Ray Lewis wore 52. There was also a post about punters. I looked up some punting stats. You know, and the guy that punts for the Jaguars, third in the league. He doesn't get a lot of love uh, nationally. But, you know, a punter is a punter. Kind of hard to rate punters, but he was third in punting, about a 49.3 yards average uh, per game. I'm talking about Logan Cook. Not only does he kick the ball high, kick the ball long, but he's one of the best at pinning the other teams back inside the 20, 15, or 10-yard line. Um, looks like Logan Cook, 49.3-yard average. The only punters that kicked for a better average were Tommy Townsend and Ryan Stonehouse. So Logan Cook basically was third in the league in punting with a 49.3 yards per punt average for the Jacksonville Jaguars. On this podcast, we're not really going to talk about punting. Just thought I'd throw that out there today because it was a post I happened to see with the top 10 punters in there. Brian Anger, can you believe it? Brian Anger is still punting in the league. He's one of the top 10 punters in the league. He's been around a long time now. But the Jaguars have uh, Logan Cook. I, I think he's a better cop and corner kicker for, as a punter than than Brian Anger was, just my opinion. Two good punters up. However, Logan Cook, I believe, was a was a sixth or seventh round pick. I'd have to double check that, but it, he was a sixth or seventh round pick while Brian Anger, you had to get him in the third round. Number 52s, right? Right. So we talked about Ray Lewis, probably the best number 52 ever. Ray Graves, a sentimental choice. 
wearing number 52 in college, later became the Florida Gators head coach and the Florida Gator athletic director. He was in the early, the, the very early, I don't even think you call them commercials. I think they were just kind of films about Gatorade. And uh, Ray Graves was the head coach of the team when Gatorade was first introduced to the Florida Gator football team, you know, back in the 1960s. So number 52, I got Ray Lewis, Samuel Ray Graves, uh, Donald Payne, who I personally met. I met him at a JU football game when back when JU had a football program and JU was playing Stetson. Lo and behold, uh, Donald Payne was there. He was a special teams player with the Ravens, but he had actually had signed with the Jaguars and it was playing with the Jaguars that year when I, I met him out at uh, JU, at a JU Stetson football game back in the day. And that's probably, you know, going back three or four years ago, maybe as long as five years ago, about three to five years ago, I met Doug Dickey former Florida Gator coach. I met him at a JU game because Alex Nunnery told me that Doug Dickey's grandson had played at JU like the year before. So Doug Dickey was occasionally going out to JU Dolphin football games, a former Florida Gator coach, former Tennessee volunteer coach and athletic director. But I remember him best because when I started watching the Gators in 1970, Doug Dickey had just become the New head football coach at Florida. So when we talk about number 52, we're going to talk about Ray Lewis, Samuel Ray Graves, number 52. Even Donald Payne, a special teamer who uh, was a safety in college, become a linebacker in the pros. He played in the XFL. He's not in the NFL right now, but he played in the XFL last year. He did play special teams for the Ravens and Jaguars. And when the Jaguars got hit and besieged with injuries a couple of years ago, he was actually playing some games at linebacker and making, making a lot of tackles for the Jaguars. The Jaguars, though, have a full stable of linebackers now that we've talked about, you know, obviously quite a bit on, on this particular podcast. So the number 52s, Ray Lewis, Samuel Ray Graves, um, Donald Payne, and the current guy. How about this guy? Number 52, Devon Hamilton. How about that? Devon Hamilton wearing number 52 for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He has been re-signed. He was re-signed in the offseason. And he's going to play. He plays defensive tackle or nose tackle, depending on the um, particular lineup, depending on the particular lineup that uh, the Jaguars or the particular defensive uh, scheme at the moment the Jaguars are doing. They're going to give teams different looks like most teams do. Throughout the NFL, the Jags typically a 3-4, which means you're probably looking at Devon Hamilton lining up over the football at either nose guard, nose tackle, or defensive tackle. He was re-signed by the Jaguars, was a, a actually a five-year player at Ohio State. It's turned out to be a good pro with a lot of upside. He's uh, The Jaguars have signed him uh, to another contract, Devon Hamilton. Big run stuffer, and he wears number 52. We're brought to you by Saucerility and Capital. Heard from Larry today. He's ready to hit the fish fry again. Larry loves fish. I do too. We're going to have to hit uh, hit that seafood restaurant in McClinney we go to sometimes in between Lake City and Jacksonville. It's a lot of fun and even more importantly, good fellowship and a lot of good food. 
you might say. Saucerility and capital. Larry Saucer, I trust the guy to the max. Uh, good friend of mine for years and years and years, going back all the way to high school over at Ed White uh, here in Jacksonville many, 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 many moons ago. For your real estate needs, that's the guy to remember. Saucer, Realty and Capital. For your North Florida real estate needs in North Florida, whether it's Jacksonville, Gainesville, Lake City, Live Oak, or somewhere in between, or a little bit south of the North Florida line, Saucer Realty and Capital. If you want to find how to contact Larry Saucer, simply go to our website at bigjreport.com bigjreport.com scroll our homepage all the way down to the 24/7 North Florida weather information which we update on a daily basis the weather's you know always pretty well up to snuff and up to date on the website at bigjreport.com so you'll find the link for saucerility and capital right in the middle of our weather reporter right at the end of the weather report for your you know for your real estate needs if you need property, a property appraised, Larry does what he calls saucer valuations. He can evaluate your property, and he's done land appraising for a long, long time, along with you know all the real estate services as well. So your one-stop guy is going to be Larry Saucer and his staff at Saucer Realty and Capital. For your North Florida real estate needs, whether it's home, residential, business, or commercial real estate, remember Saucer Realty and capital. Big things going on with internet radio, LakeUfollowHits.com. Great internet radio. You'll find the links on our website uh, near the concert area, the Neighbors 2 section. You'll you'll find the link for, you know, LakeUfollowHits.com and certainly a legitimate sponsor of the Teal Shirt Report podcast and BigJReport.com. That's LakeUfollowHits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. They have Rock Saturdays, Hits 2000s, Monday through Friday nights. Um, of course, during the daytime, they've got those recognizable hits, identifiable hits during the daytime, late at night, album tracks, deep cuts, and unique songs late at night. LakeUfallahits.com. Great internet radio where it's all good. More of the Teal Shirt Report podcast coming right up. We're going to talk about the Evan Ingram situation the tight end that was franchise tagged by the jacksonville jaguars we will talk about that that next and try to make sense out of it all with the evan ingram situation the tight end of the jacksonville jaguars we'll be right back more of the teal shirt report podcast coming right up Here we go, uh, Teal Shirt Report Podcast, another segment uh, coming right at you. We're brought to you in part by Elegant Time Travel and Dark Diamond Entertainment. Contact their good friend, D.D. McDermott. If you're looking to go on a trip, you know, I know D.D.'s going to be putting more trips together um, to the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio. He's trying to get some more trips off the ground to the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. So for more details, and, you know, he is in Jacksonville in North Florida, uh, give Didi a call 
Let me give you his phone number. I always have to double-check the guy's phone number, but uh, you can find his phone number on our website at BigJReport.com. Dee McDermott. And, of course, Elegant Time Traveling Dark Diamond Entertainment, a sponsor of the BigJReport.com and our Teal Shirt Report podcast. And I know I know you've heard Dee Dee interviewed. Um, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard Dee Dee McDermott. Uh, interviewed by us, and uh, let's pull up his phone number right now. If you're interested in discussing trips with Dee Dee McDermott, I highly recommend you give him a call. Give him a call at 904. He's right here in Jacksonville. I believe I got the number nearly memorized, 904. Let's see. The phone number for Dee Dee McDermott is going to be 904. 904- 442-3810. I'm kind of speaking from uh, memory here, but uh, we're gonna we're gonna pull up his phone number real quick. Dee Dee McDermott, Elegant Time Travel, um, Dark Diamond Entertainment. Let's see, Dee Dee McDermott's phone number. Contact Dee Dee McDermott by phone at 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. For Elegant Time Travel, Dark Diamond Entertainment, contact D.D. McDermott. Guy played uh, professional baseball and played major college baseball as well. He'd be happy to talk sports with you or the trips he's putting together at Elegant Time Travel. D.D. told me he's planning to put some more trips together to the Pro Football Hall of Fame up in Canton, Ohio. So please give D.D. a call at uh, 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. 904-442-3810. We're also brought to you by the XFLToday.net. We mentioned one of their players, Donald Payne, who played in the XFL this past season. To get a review on the entire league that's uh, being run by The Rock, Danny Garcia, and Redbird, go to XFLToday.net. Also, the Mad Max Mix, madmaxmix.weebly.com. You'll find the links to Mad Max's um, uh, show his internet radio music request show on Wednesday night, six to eight central time, seven o'clock until nine o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday nights. The internet radio Wednesday night music request show with Mad Max. Mad Max gives you his special blend or Mad Max mix of music, if you will, at madmaxmix.weebly.com. We have links to Mad Max's show on our website at bigjreport.com in the neighbors two section and also the outside the box section. So I think we've covered our sponsors, Salsa Realty and Capital, LakeUfallahits.com, great internet radio where it's all good, the MadMaxMix.Weebly.com, Elegant Time Travel, and Dee Dee McDermott, and the XFLToday.net. We do want to talk about this gentleman tied in, number 17, Evan Ingram. He had 73 receptions for 766 yards. It was a career year for Evan Ingram. So a good free agent uh, pickup. He signed a one-year contract with the Jaguars for 2022. Had a good year, kind of a prove-it year, and I believe he proved it. Maybe the Jaguars wanting to prove it for a second year. The salary cap comes into play, too. There was talk of you know, a multi-year deal, long-term agreement uh, with this guy, still very young, still in the prime of his career, and he just came off the best, really the best 
you know, year in his career. I mean, he got had a career year in receiving yards, 766 yards playing with uh, Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Evan Ingram had 73 receptions for 766 yards, four receiving touchdowns during the regular season. Uh, I think probably, you know, 73 receptions is a big, big time stat. I like that. For a tight end, 73 catches, that is a really good stat. Another good stat that I like that Evan Ingram had in 2022, he was averaging basically over 10 yards, actually over 10 and a half yards of reception. So he was getting the yak yardage after the catch. He was. And it continued in the two playoff games, too. He was still averaging over 10, 10 and a half yards of reception in the two playoff games that the Jaguars were in. The big come from behind uh, win where he had a big touchdown catch in that playoff game. And he was still catching, catching the ball for 10, over 10, 10 and a half yards, a catch not only in the regular season, but in the two playoff games as well. So there'd been a lot of talk after the season, throughout the offseason, that the Jaguars and Evan Ingram wanted to get together and, um, you know, do a multi-year deal, you know. But it, but what happened was the Jaguars decided to franchise tag Evan Ingram. Now, the deadline to work out a long-term or multi-year new contract is July 17th. We're recording this podcast on July the 16th, and I think all indications are rumors, what I'm hearing from, you know, sources, contacts, things of that nature, is that Evan Ingram will probably not get the multi-year deal, and he will be forced to play on the franchise tag. Some people were a bit surprised when Ingram... Ingram was slapped with the franchise tag. There was optimism from both sides that a long-term agreement could be, you know, could be worked out between the Jaguars and Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram. Some of the insiders are saying that, you know, Ingram's situation is kind of up in the air. But, you know, Ingram obviously can build off of a really good campaign in 2022 that he had. Um, a lot of the predictions out there from our sources are that Ingram will play under the franchise tag, which is still going to be approximately about a $2 million raise over what he made last year. I think he made 8 or $9 million last year on the franchise tag. The tight ends are slotted with the franchise tag money to make, I think, about $11 million or a little bit better. So it's a $2 million raise, if you will at this point in his career and at this point in Trevor Lawrence's career and the Jaguars' development as a franchise now on the move, coming off an AFC South Division title, basically, in 2022. For his career and what the Jaguars need, I see him playing. I don't I don't see him sitting this out. If he sits it out, it's going to be just horrendous. But, for, you know, I think it's going to be bad for the player and for the team. Um, the salary cap is something that general manager Trent Baalke is keeping an eye on. He's really having to keep an eye on the salary cap. Now, if you go back to last season and you say, well, what happened? Why was Evan Ingram franchise tagged? Well, he was franchise tagged to keep him. He did have a great year. I think the franchise tagging of Evan Ingram, the fact that the Jaguars, you know, basically 
you know, they're going to have a hit on the, you know, the salary cap due to franchising Evan Ingram and paying a tight end $11 million, right, on the franchise tag. You got to remember that Arden Key had a really good year last year for the Jaguars, and I think this is just my opinion. My opinion is the Jaguars said, hey, we, we can't keep both Evan Ingram and Arden Key. They let Arden Key go. Arden Key signed a pretty good new multi-year deal with the Tennessee Titans, and the Jaguars, of course, Arden Key's a defensive player, more of a pass-rushing defensive end. Good player, had a good year. The Jaguars got their money was well spent. Arden Key was basically, what was he, a second? He was a second-tier free agent that used to play for the 49ers. So Arden Key had a good year in Jacksonville. The Jaguars decided, hey, we're going to, we're going to sign Evan Ingram, let Arden Key go. We can't keep them both. I think it came down to something like that about the same time frame. And, you know, in my opinion, as we talk about the Jaguars and try to make sense of it all, but, hey, Evan Ingram had a good year. 73 receptions, 766 yards, four receiving touchdowns in the regular season. I know he had a touchdown in the playoff game as well. And this is a guy that's catching – I mean, he's a pure example of yak yardage after the catch on his catches. And he had 73 receptions and he averaged well over 10 yards or 10 and a half yards a catch uh, with our and your Jacksonville Jaguars. So there you go. I think what it's coming down to the latest rumor we're hearing is that it does appear, you know, at this late date that we don't, we're not, we would be, maybe at this point, we would be almost, we'd be very surprised, maybe almost shocked if all of a sudden tomorrow on the deadline date, Trent Balky says we're signing Evan Ingram to this crazy long-term deal. I'm not saying it's crazy. I think he plays on the franchise tag with Jacksonville. However, the interesting point to all this is you only have until July the 17th to negotiate with the player for a long-term or multi-year deal. And now he's destined to the franchise tag for 2023. So if you're going to get full use out of the franchise tag and get another hopefully good year out of the player, he plays on the franchise tag, which I think last time I checked was approximately a little under, a little over $11 million a year, which is probably about $2 million more than what Evan Ingram put in his wallet in 2022. So Evan Ingram, gonna number 17, the tight end for the Jaguars. It looks like he's going to play on the franchise tag unless something surprising or shocking happens on July 17th, the deadline for negotiating with Evan Ingram. And I think July the 17th is a date for for all teams to negotiate with any player that they have tagged and, again, put on the franchise tag. So that is kind of the latest on Evan Ingram. You know, the next podcast, I want to talk about running backs because the Jaguars have a multitude of running backs, five running backs. You know, obviously a, a running back could get hurt. Um how many running backs do you keep on the 53? Probably three, maybe. Three running backs. Might put a sneak a guy on the, you know, the practice squad, one of the younger guys. You're going to keep the younger guys that are on the rookie deals. You know, Snoop Connor, is he going to be on the 53? You know, really, Snoop Connor is his rookie year was, you just have to say, somewhat disappointing. 
He didn't get the opportunities, didn't really showcase what he could do. Um, let's see, Jermichael Hasty was basically the number two back, and he re-signed with the Jaguars. I know in the NFL, NFL means not for long, Hasty's got to have a good camp to keep that number two position because the Jags have drafted Tank Bigsby. They signed a free agent running back from the Browns, and they've got Snoop Cotter and ETN. Barring any unforeseen injury, ETN should have an explosive year, and and hopefully ETN becomes one of the best running backs in the National Football League in 2023 if he can stay healthy. This will actually be his third year in the league, his second year of actually playing because he was injured basically his entire season in 2022, but he had a good year in uh, 2020. Well, he had a good year in 2022. He was completely injured in 2021 is what I should say. So he was, you know, uh, running back. Travis Etienne was injured in the preseason back in 2021 in the game against New Orleans, a preseason game, and then he didn't play any in uh, 2021, but he had the really good year in 2022. We're expecting an awesome year in 2023 where perhaps running back um, Travis Etienne becomes one of the elite running backs, hopefully, Uh, In 2023 with the Jacksonville Jaguars, it is the third year of his career, but really the second year of actually playing and, you know, playing in regular season games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We will go into some of the stats. We'll take a look at all five of the running backs on the next podcast is my plan. We kind of wanted to highlight things with Evan Ingram on this podcast. We've got semi-pro football results uh, coming up. As well, want to thank David Martin. You know, David Martin played plays guard or center. Typically, when he plays, he's near the end of his semi-pro football career. He told me there was actually a showcase. Scouts were out there, and they had a couple of showcase games in Mobile. A team called Rank Up beat the Drinkard Legacy. Rank Up 14, Drinkard Legacy 13. Drinkard, uh, Drinkard Power 14, the Gulf Coast uh, Bearcats, nothing. A final score. These games were played on Saturday, July the 15th. And our correspondent, our correspondent with Big J Reporter, who's been covering semi pro football, giving us the scores and insight and information. David Martin played for the Gulf Coast Bearcats, played some center. Said there were 14 guys playing on that team. They got beat 14 to nothing by Drinkard Power. These games were played at Tremor Park in Mobile, Alabama. Considered some showcase games, not really any league games. These teams were just put together um, to have a couple of showcase games for scouts, actually. ELF, I kept telling the people in ELF we were going to mention ELF, the European, uh, European League football on our podcast you remember the World League of American Football? They still got the Rhine Fire in this league, the ELF. They're called the Rhine Fire. That's got to be our favorite team of this this uh, absolute juncture. Semi-pro football, there were some games. There were some games. Uh, I know that several days ago, the, the um, EAFL championship game was played. The South Florida Browns uh, won 21-20 over the Georgia Cobras. The APDFL championship game has now been played. Uh, The AIFA title game, the Columbus Georgia Lions switched leagues from the National Arena League, and lo and behold, they were the best team in the AIFA 
uh, a league. The it's called the American Indoor Football Alliance, and the Columbus Georgia Lions were in the title game. A title game was played on Saturday night, July the 15th in Columbus, Georgia at the Civic Center. I believe it's called the Civic Center in Columbus. The AIFA title game, Columbus, Georgia Lions 55, the Mississippi Raiders 10, the final score in indoor football on Saturday night, July the 15th of 2023 in Columbus, Georgia. Meanwhile, and I believe the tougher NAL, the National Arena League, the Jacksonville Sharks 56, the Orlando Predators 24, a final score in Jacksonville, Florida, in the National Arena League. That was still a regular season game on Saturday night, July the 15th of 2023. In semi-pro football outdoor action in the APDFL championship game, which was played in a place called Eclectic, Alabama. Eclectic, Alabama is probably... I'm guessing 15, 20 minutes away from Montgomery, the AD PFL championship game. We know Bernard Hunt, who's the commissioner of the league in the APDFL championship game. It was the Georgia Thrashers 26, the Mississippi Dynasty 22. The final score it was a good game, too. The Georgia Thrashers from near Atlanta, the Georgia Thrashers won the APDFL championship game. The Georgia Thrashers 26, the Mississippi Dynasty 22, a final score on Saturday night, July the 15th of 2023. And in the EXFL, in the EXFL eight-man on eight outdoor football league on a 60-yard field, down in St. Petersburg, the Pine County Falcons 28, the Clay County Florida Devil Dogs 24, the final score. Again, the Pine County Falcons, 28. The Clay County Florida Devil Dogs, 24. A final score on Saturday, July 15, 2023 in St. Petersburg, Florida. So, Solo, Solo's team. Solo Dan. Solo Don Dadalin, who does everything for the team. Quarterbacks, might play a little wide receiver, defensive back, return punts, etc. He's the owner of the team, too. The Pine County Falcons, 28, but Solo's Clay County Florida Devil Dogs, 24. Must have been a battle. Tough, close game. Final score on Saturday, July the 15th of 2023. So that is some of the scores from the the underworld, as they call it, of semi-pro football. And, you know, David Martin, man, he, he, like, always finds a game. He played in this showcase game for scouts in Mobile, Alabama on Saturday, July the 15th. Man, that, that, that dude loves football. And he reports semi-pro football happening, scores, activities, and info to us right here on the Teal Shirt Report podcast and BigJReport.com. We will talk North Florida Entertainment coming up. We'll take a look you know, at the Jumbo Shrimp. Sadly, the Armada got beat in the MPSL playoffs, 3 to nothing to Pensacola, Florida, FC. Uh, back on July the 12th, but we'll talk Jumbo Shrimp, North Florida Entertainment, and more coming up. I talked to my my buddy Chris Parker, who plays in a couple of bands. He plays for the local band, the local North uh, Florida band Psychic Deli. He also plays in a band called Late Night, I believe they're called Late Night Transfer. They just played the Boussoir late last night uh, in Atlantic Beach. I got a message back after messaging uh, Chris. He said, man, I'm wiped out. 
I guess, from the gig last night when he was playing for late night transfer at the Boussoir in Atlantic Beach. Great, great place to go. Enjoy, you know, enjoy, you know, food and spirits, I believe they have over there. And and uh, late night transfer, you know, was there on Saturday night, July the 15th. We'll take a look at some concerts uh, coming up on North Florida Entertainment. And we'll talk Jumbo Shrimp. Uh, any new Jags news, we'll have it right here coming up on the Teal Shirt Report podcast. And again, hey, thank you for listening. Okay, so with the Evan Ingram, you know, situation on July the 16th, there's really only about three different things that can happen. The Jaguars and Evan Ingram agree on a long-term deal, which doesn't look like that's going to happen at the present time. The other two things are he plays on the franchise tag, which most people feel he will. Most people feel that number 17, Evan Ingram, will play on the franchise tag for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Or, worst case scenario, he holds out. We don't see that happening. We're expecting him to report to training camp. Training camp's in a few days. We'll certainly keep an eye on that, you know, entire situation uh, again we were talking about our good friend chris parker he's in a couple of groups uh, late night transfer which is more of a more of a jam band and he also plays in his main band north florida local band psychic deli late night transfer had a gig i was told by chris on um, saturday night july 15th man he said he was wiped out after that gig he's going to get back to me but the again late night transfer um, they are known actually, they kind of are, they kind of go by the initials, you know, uh, late night transfer, they're called late night transfer. And so they're basically called, they're basically called late night transfer or LNT, if you will. They're called LNT, late night transfer. They played the Boussoir back on Saturday night, um, hope I said July 15th. Sometimes I get my Januaries and Julys mixed up. But this is, I can tell you, this is the hot summer. It's July 16th. Late night transfer on July 15th was playing the Boussoir. They were playing the Boussoir in Atlantic Beach. Let's take a look at some some concerts that we've got. We've actually got concerts listed in our Neighbors 2 section. There's some photographs in there by, by, and, and an article by our freelance writer, um, JC, there's some pictures from Bonnaroo, uh, the show that wrapped up just a few weeks ago uh, during the summer up in Tennessee. So we got we got some pictures from both Bonnaroo shows in 2022 and 2023 that you can find on our website in the Neighbors 1 section and the Neighbors 2 section. So let's take a look right now at the shows coming up around in and around North Florida. You know, our Freelance writer JC likes to go up to Bonnaroo now. I guess it's one of his favorite festivals up in Tennessee. They've got a lot of stages, a lot of bands that play, a lot of fun for several days. I think it goes on about four days or so, but you can read JC's article in the Neighbors 2 section on our website at BigJReport.com. Let's take a look at uh, some shows coming up. Here we go. Jackson Brown. Jackson Brown. Before I talk about Jackson Brown, we do want to mention uh, tribute uh, Leonard Skinner tribute band Freebird ATL performed in Jacksonville. 
last month back on June 17th at Underbellies. It was their first time there. Uh, Freebird ATL uh, told BigJReport.com it was awesome, a packed house, according to Freebird ATL. Freebird ATL is continuing to tour in many cities across, you know, many cities across the South and across the nation. Also, Jackson Brown performing in Jacksonville, Florida, in my hometown on Friday night, July the 28th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Jacksonville Moran Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, looking forward to a great show from Jackson Brown. And coming up in September, and by the way, the Florida Theater is being remodeled and renovated now during the summer months. The Florida Theater on uh, Forsyth Street in Jacksonville, downtown Jacksonville, is expected to reopen, all remodeled um, and refurbished. And uh, so the Florida Theater will have some more shows coming up in October, November, obviously. But right now, a little bit of a little bit of a lull in concerts because the Florida Theater is being remodeled and revamped over the next two or three months. Jackson Brown will be performing here in Jacksonville in my hometown on Friday night, July the 28th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Jacksonville Moran Center for the Performing Arts. That's the Old Times Union Center and Old Jacksonville Civic Auditorium, if you will. Looking forward to a great show from Jackson Brown on July the 28th at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Jacksonville Moran Center for the Performing Arts in downtown Jacksonville. It's right near where the landing used to be located in downtown Jacksonville, you know, right across from the river. Looking forward to a great show from Jackson Brown on July the 28th here in Jacksonville. And in September of 2023, Molly Hatchett will be playing a show in Ponte Vedra on Friday, September the 8th of 2023 at 8 o'clock p.m. at the Ponte Vedra Concert Hall uh, here in uh, Northeast Florida. So again, that's a look at some of the shows coming up in and around Jacksonville, Duval, North Florida, and surrounding areas. We still have about a 70% chance of rain in Jacksonville. We've seen that chance of rain the last couple of days move from 60 to 70%. We've seen a good bit of rain in Jacksonville over the last week or two. Uh, we'll take a look at the latest on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, our AAA baseball team uh, here in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Let me pull up some, some inv- in- info on the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Let's pull it up. Um, They took a little hiatus or break during the Major League Baseball All-Star game, but now they're back playing. Um, The Jumbo Shrimp back playing now. They played on Saturday, July the 15th. Let me take a look at their game on July the 15th. They are at home. Wow, how they got this game in. Well, I guess we had a fairly dry day yesterday, but there's been a lot of rain lately. The Worcester team, I believe they're from Massachusetts. The Worcester team defeated the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Worcester, eight. Eight runs, ten hits, two errors. Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp, five runs, four hits, no errors. Pretty good pitching by Worcester. Uh, The Shrimp still got some runs, got five runs in the game, but gave up eight. Worcester 8, the Jacksonville Jump. Did I call them the Suns? The Jacksonville Suns used to be called the Suns years and years ago. 
Now they're known as the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Worcester 8, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5. And that game was played on Saturday, uh, July the 15th. Worcester 8, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp 5. The Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp uh, back to eight games under 500. Jacksonville 40 and 48. Meanwhile, Worcester's 48 and 40. So the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp are playing at home during the, you know, the current homestand here in Jacksonville at 121 Financial Ballpark. That's going to about wrap it up for the Till Shirt Report podcast. We talked about the Jumbo Shrimp, North Florida Entertainment, the Jacksonville Jaguars, Evan Ingram. The deadline coming up quickly now in the next uh, few hours or so. July 17th is the deadline for the Jaguars to negotiate a long-term or multi-year deal, if you will, with Evan Ingram. Otherwise, he plays on the franchise tag, which is still good money. But, yeah, he could hold out. He could hold out. So we'll see what happens. Most of the experts, the insiders I've talked to, believe that Evan Ingram will play on the franchise tag that will pay him approximately near or approximately $11 million in 2023. Man, that's still still pretty good money. Evan Ingram coming off a big year in 2022. The Jaguars are saying, hey, prove it to us. Can you do it again? Plus, the Jaguars, man, they're like most NFL teams are up against the cap. Do they do a multi-year deal with Evan Ingram or not? Looks not likely now as we record this on July the 16th. You've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast, making sense out of it all about the Jacksonville Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports as well. The SEC college football, well, you know, we, we cover the Florida Gators. Georgia Bulldogs. We cover the SEC. Uh, we've got our our Georgia Bulldog football insider, Mad Max, uh, myself, Alex Nunry, and um, Lucas Mann, you know, cover Florida Gator football. JC, our executive producer, covers Alabama in the SEC Western Division. It's going to be an interesting year. It's probably going to be the last year for divisional play in East and West. And then we hear when Texas and Oklahoma, when Texas and Oklahoma come in in 2024, it's looking like the SEC is just going to go to one long league. You know, instead of, you know, two seven-team divisions, it's just going to be like uh, you, you put two new teams in and it's a big 16-team league. And I, I'm hearing there still will be an SEC championship game, and I, I'm assuming the top two Top two teams, one and two, will play in the SEC title game when 2024 rolls around. But we have one more year of divisional play coming up. Everybody still likes Alabama and Georgia. LSU certainly had a surprising and very, very good year under their their first-year coach, Brian Kelly. You know, obviously, he used to be at Notre Dame, and he was at, I believe, Cincinnati before that. Very good coach. He surprised me. I didn't see LSU, you know, doing what they did last year, but it's a tough, rugged conference. You got Jimbo doing the limbo at Texas A&M. Uh, sadly, Mississippi State lost their coach, Mike Leach, who sadly passed away a few days after the Egg Bowl, his final game, his final victory. Mike Leach will be missed by just about everybody in college football, 
and especially at Mississippi State where he coached his last his last game. We will talk uh, more SEC football in our next podcast. We'll talk about the Jaguars running back situation. Man, they're deep. Are all those guys good? Well, we feel like running back Travis Etienne, the starting running back is. Jamichael Hasty showed some really good things as the backup in uh, 2022. Snoop Connor, you know, didn't have a great rookie year, but maybe he didn't get all the chances that he thought he should have got. The Jags did sign a uh, running back from the Browns. His name escapes me, a free agent guy, more of a second or third year, more of a second or third tier free agent, I should say. And we'll pull his name out in the next podcast. We will have his name on the next podcast. We'll talk about all five of the running backs, you know, including Tank Bigsby, who was drafted in the third round this year in the April 2023 draft. My executive producer, JC, says the Jags hit a home run by drafting Auburn's Tank Bigsby. We'll talk more about the running back situation. We'll talk more about the Jaguars, North Florida Entertainment, and other area sports coming up on the next podcast. This has been episode show number 52. Episode show number 52 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. We're in season number four. Thank you for listening. The Teal Shirt Report podcast has been eloquently produced by our executive producer, JC, also by Alex Nunry. Special thanks to uh, John Gaylor. John Gaylor gives me a lot of great info, gives me his opinion, but comes up with a lot of really good information. He's one of our contributors and supporter of the uh, podcast, uh, Mr. John Gaylor. And again, we thank our producers, our executive producer, JC. Also, Alex Nunry and the guy that gives us a lot of semi-pro football information. I want to thank uh, David Martin as well, and thank all of you guys for for listening into the podcast. We're gonna do. We're gonna attempt to do a shout out list on the next podcast, I believe, unless we come in and do it on an encore, because we got a lot of people listening in. We're now listened to in as many as thirty nine states, and of course, all over the world, internationally, France, Canada. Uh, Brazil, Germany, England, Northern Ireland, Ireland and Northern Ireland, all over the world, Bangladesh, for God's sakes, every everywhere, the Philippines. Thank you guys for listening in to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm Scott, your host, and hey, I'm out. Have a great day. We got an encore. It looks like we've all of a sudden got some breaking news on the Evan Ingram front. Let's pull up that info. It looks like, uh, well, here we go. Apparently from the agent, the Jaguars franchise tight end Evan Ingram. Apparently they have reached a three-year deal. Tight end Evan Ingram and the Jacksonville Jaguars have now reached an agreement on a three-year contract, according to uh, Ingram's agent, Mike uh, McCartney, he made the announcement on Sunday. We just we just got the info in, like, in the next last couple of minutes. Um, the agent, Mike McCartney, uh, did not disclose terms, but a source apparently has told ESPN's Adam Schefter that Ingram's deal is worth $41 million, man. Hey, Evan Ingram, God bless you. Man, how about that?
you talk about a guy that um, had a had a career year. He had his best career year: seventy three receptions, uh, seven hundred and sixty six yards. It was a career year. Uh, his highest uh, uh, yardage output. You know, he did. You know, he he caught the ball every time he caught the ball. Every time he touched the ball on a catch. He was averaging over 10, 10 and a half yards of reception, getting yardage after the catch, had four receiving touchdowns in the regular season. I think then he added another touchdown in the playoffs. Playoffs, the Jaguars were in them last year. Evan Ingram, this is breaking news. Evan Ingram, 73 receptions, 760. Well, we know about this. You know, this. Th- th- these are the stats. 70, I'm excited. 73 receptions, 766 yards. In uh, 2022, looks like they've locked uh, locked him down for three years. Tight end Evan Ingram and the Jacksonville Jaguars apparently, as of today, as we're recording this podcast, it, it, it looks like it's all official. Tight end Evan Ingram and the Jacksonville Jaguars apparently have reached, have apparently reached an agreement on a three-year contract, and that's according to um, Ingram's agent, Mike McCartney. He made the announcement uh, today on Sunday, July the 16th. Again, McCartney did not disclose the terms, but a source, there's always a source, but a source told ESPN's Adam Schefter that Ingram's deal is worth, believe it or not, $41.25 million and includes a $24 million, includes $24 million fully guaranteed. Let me repeat the, the deal again. Ingram's agent did not disclose the terms, but a source, a source has, has apparently told ESPN's Adam Schefter that Ingram's deal is now going to be worth $41.25 million and includes $24 million fully, absolutely fully guaranteed. So you talk about a raise, you talk about some guaranteed money and some stability. Evan Ingram is going to the bank, not just Everbank Stadium. He'll go to his favorite institution. That is some money. So we had to break in with that encore. We got the news just today on uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday afternoon, July the 16th, as we're recording the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Evan Ingram signs the deal. And you've been listening to the Teal Shirt Report podcast. Thank you for listening today to episode, episode show. This is absolutely episode show number 52 of the Teal Shirt Report podcast. I'm your host, Scott, and I'm out. Mr. Gaylor, thank you so much for getting that info to me.